Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot and empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. Hey everyone, Josh here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Have you been to our website, fearscapepodcast.com? There you can check out our store with all of our awesome t-shirts, check out guests that have been on the show, listen to the podcast directly on the website, even donate and help us bring you awesome content. Please consider supporting us, fearscapepodcast.com. Hello there, my name is Sam. And I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more. Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on fearscapemedia.com. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from the other realms, ghosts, cryptids, aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another frightening Halloween-style episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by my peculiar host, Josh Rutledge. How are you, Josh? I am freaking fantastic. We are back. That's right. I, uh, For those of you that didn't know, uh, both Josh and I got the covid uh, the COVID. Yeah. The COVID. Uh, Josh has lasted a few days. Mine lasted a few weeks. Uh, so <laughs> we have had a fun couple of weeks. Um, so Creepy Ketchup may have a lot, uh, at least for Josh. I know I've got a couple that we shared together, but um, I, I slept most of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Creepy Ketchup is one of those things where, you know, sharing is caring, right? Right. So. But anyways, this is Halloween week. Happy Halloween, everybody. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that, that was not as exciting as it needed to be. Let me try yeah, that again. I've, ooh, ooh. 
Yeah. Hootie hoo. Uh, but yeah, happy Halloween to all of our friends out there, Keith Age, everybody. I, this is like the week we're all on fire. So, and I don't mean that's right. that from a witch, but you know, no, point, no. that's you know, nobody's getting me. burned at the stake that we know of. No, um, so. no, I have burned a stake a few times yeah. on accident. Um, and I didn't used it for Hulk mine tend to be really skin. charred on the outside, but pink in the middle. So, right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we have a very, very exciting show. We're going to be getting spooky with uh, two members, Jen and Steve, oh, or Steven, I can't remember which, I'm sorry, um, from Longhorn Paranormal. Um, now, we have been very excited. We've been hanging on to this for a little bit uh, because I, we recorded this right before I got sick. And uh, so I know they've been waiting for this. And we are very, very excited to share this interview with you guys because they've got a brand new show getting ready to come out on Amazon sometime in the next couple of months. Isn't that right, Josh? Yep. And uh, they are just fantastic people. They're based out of uh, Dallas, Texas and Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, so they kind of hit that whole Southwest area. That whole area. Yep. That whole area. So we had an absolute blast talking to these two. It was so much fun. Uh, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear that interview. But as usual, before we get into any of that stuff, we've got to get into our segments. So let's get started with the Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word of the Week. All right, so you guys know Psychic Word of the Week. We pull from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from the lovely June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. Um, and so we flip through the pages, and uh, we see what we find. And I flipped and ended up on the letter B. And uh, what we've got here is bodily incorruption. Okay bodily incorruption so what it says is to prepare one's body and soul mind before death so that after death the physical body is preserved and when exhumed many years later it is found in perfect condition body is neither mummified embalmed nor preserved by other methods more common among saints hmm. so huh so essentially, yeah, whatever this bodily incorruption is, is it basically keeps your body as is. So it's like they just popped you in the freezer, and then they could take you out and thaw you, and you just look like you look when they popped you in the freezer. Yeah, it's like that. Live fast, die young, stay pretty, leave a pretty corpse or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I know for like forever, and I, I don't know if this is still the case now that the USSR isn't a thing, but I know they had Lenin's body on display it was like a glass uh a glass coffin and it was always on display so i don't well, know if that kept it mummified or well <clears throat> it's not really mummified because because mummified is different right but well, it, i know but i mean you know what yeah. i mean like preserved. but i mean I, I wonder though if you were to uh die and then as soon as like pretty much almost as soon as you died you were to be sealed in a vacuum chamber or one of those bags where you put the vacuum on it, you know? And it- <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just, you know, if you were in a, a glass coffin and they sealed it and they sucked all the air out of it. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, too, because I that, know they that did would- that with some saints, and it's interesting that they mentioned the saints there. So very, very interesting. I don't know. I mean, 
talk about rising up for Jesus, you'd be in perfect condition instead of like, you know, with skin hanging off or just right. skeletons or whatever, or just ashes. I mean, definitely not an extra in the remake of the thriller uh, dance scene, though. No, no, not at all. Because you just look like a regular dude. Right. Like, yeah. like a remake of Weekend at Bernie's. Type. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. That's all they do is they just, you know, create they like they they store you. After you die, you're like a famous actor, and then they bring you back like 20 years later, and then they use you like a puppet. So instead of you store it, it's it store you. It's, yeah. You know. Bodily incorruption. Thank you, June Pletzer, for that nightmare. <laughs> um, and I already want to like research and see what bodies are incorrupted. <laughs> so. Well, we already know some bodies that are corrupted. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, speaking of corruption, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's move right into <laughs> spooky news. As I got, I got some Halloween spookiness. All right, so spooky news this week. I uh, had a couple things to choose from, but since it's Halloween week, I decided to go with Satan. Um, I did not make a an arrangement with him or anything like that. It just so happened to be a story that I found on FilmDaily.co, uh, and this uh, the headline here is "Vacay with Satan: The Strangest Airbnb Experience Available." Uh, and immediately uh, there's a Baphomet statue picture next to a picture of a goat standing on a large tire. <laughs> <laughs> Poor goats. Uh, so it says online bookings are always a risk, like online dating, because we never know if the actual product will be as good as the pictures. There's always a catch. Airbnb and other short-term rental services are equal parts a godsend and a probable nightmare. They've made it easier than ever to host people from around the world and to feel at home while traveling around the world. Like a homely experience while traveling? Love a cottage core bed and breakfast. Want the whole house to yourself? Airbnb's got you covered. Between the host and the guest, you either make mortal enemies or pals for life, depending on how the stay turns out. And this is actually true. Uh, Santosh and I stayed at a uh, Airbnb in Indianapolis when we went and saw the Dalai Lama speak. And uh, we are still friends with the mm. couple that uh, I actually went and did a tarot party for them uh, like two years ago. And we still stay in contact <laughs> all the time. I feel like Airbnb. <laughs> are really for extroverts yeah yeah i think so um though i've been in some airbnbs bare airbnbs where you never see the person they just okay. leave a key and they're like go down the hallway don't talk to me uh, but anyways having said that there's no dearth of nightmare stories from airbnb stays the likes that'll put horror movies to shame in some cases the host is the victim in some the guest and yet others it's a gray area so vacay with Satan. In one such recent misadventure, one person shared his experience about an Airbnb stay gone bonkers. He tweeted about his Airbnb stay, which was full of seemingly satanic items and stuff for witchcraft rituals. As a witch, I'm like, ooh, so I'm automatically spooky. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Look out, everybody. I'm a spooky witch because I'm just a witch. Um, so already mad at this article. But anyways. Yeah. He claimed that he and his family members were forced to flee the house because of the disturbing imagery, candles, books. That's how I feel when I stay at like a church basement. Yeah. Like, I'm right, like, yeah. oh my God, it's a crew. There's a naked man who is cut up 
and just beaten, bruised, staring yeah. at me, hanging on a cross. I got to get out of here. I think people are going to try to kill me, right? If you didn't know what Christianity was, wouldn't you be absolutely frightened if you walked Terrified. Terrified. Well, especially because most people, most people's homes who, who are really big into Christianity, even though they wouldn't say it this way, they have an altar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, he also mentioned that he was, to use our earlier dating analogy, catfished into the property. He shared photographs from the listings. Um, and he, 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 he says, uh, so they show his tweet here. It says, I purposefully took videos of the entire house as to not be too biased and to show that on a fundamental level, the house was simply not as advertised. It was implied that I was trying to create a false narrative. Why should I have to spend money to sleep in a place where my family feels uncomfortable because the host decided to add decor that is deeply tied to personal belief that may make others feel uncomfortable? <sighs> So it should just really just be like a, a blank room. Yeah, apparently. Because if you have pictures of flowers, that could be uncomfortable to somebody. You know, I mean, somebody might not like flower trees or fish or yeah. wildlife. I'm, I mean, I'm willing to bet this is the same dude that doesn't want to give cakes to a gay couple. Probably. For religious freedom. As long as it's your religion, right? Uh, right. Anyways, this particular incident escalated into unwanted territories, leaving a bitter aftertaste for everyone involved. The man, the guest, Frederick T. Joseph, tweeted about the whole incident, uh, incident later received a backlash on the forum. In the response, he, he tweeted, yeah, the Airbnb convo has some thoughtful conversations about satanic panic and things I've learned. But mostly there is a complete invalidation of my black experience and my eight-year-old brothers as well and racist attacks disguised as religious defense. Well, that came out of left field. <laughs> uh, that escalated quickly. Yeah. In his initial tweet, Joseph clearly mentions that he was frightened. He said, we drove three hours, my eight-year-old brother, for a getaway, and the house we arrived at ended up having satanic items and stuff for witchcraft rituals. We had to leave because my brother was frightened, but Airbnb won't refund me. I wouldn't refund you either. Like I mean, because it's the same thing. It's like if I went into your house and I stayed yeah. and I have stayed at Airbnbs where there was like a crucifix on the wall. There was a Bible next to the bed and all kinds of things like that. If I was like, I am so frightened. I don't know what's going to happen. You guys have all this Christian imagery everywhere and it's freaking me out. I need a refund. They'd be like, get out of town. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't really know what's going on. I mean, I can understand eight year old kid might be a little scared but maybe you just you know had some of that stuff right now right. i will say i'm looking at one of the pictures and it does have nude women um like uh in the pictures like doing ritual and so i'm like okay that yeah you know, that one crawl i get that even as a pagan and we do you know we do things sky clad it's like i don't want to share that with like non non-believers <laughs> so it's like i get that one i'll let that one go um, he also shares that there were many creepy things, animal skulls and ritualistic floor markings, and this being the only house in the visible area, they were frightened. The host later explained to the media that they are not satanic, they are kitsch. None of it is a cult. You can get this stuff at a bodega, and it, really you can. I mean, I'm looking at everything here, and it's all stuff you can just pick up at, at Barclays. Kirkland's? Yeah, Kirkland. <laughs> Trader Joe's. 
Um, it still seems inappropriate to us, Joseph said. There was also a bridge from the woods behind the house to the back patio. Needless to say, we left because we are black and not dealing with something that was one, advertised completely different, two, looks like a scene from the movie Hereditary, and three, made the entire family feel unsafe. So, yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, crazy. Uh, kind of disappointed in this guy. Um, it's like, can we... We've got, you know, and that's the whole thing is, is, you know, the, this whole satanic movement, um, the church of Satan, as well as the, um, the other one, uh, I can't think of the other one, uh, um, the one that did the statue out in Oklahoma city. Um, they're oh, pushing yeah. all this to say, Hey, look, this is not what you think it is. That is like catholic christian propaganda from hundreds and hundreds of years especially the witchcraft stuff satanists aren't witches for the most part and for the most part witches which come from wicca are white magic for the most part it's like it's a whole lot of you don't want us to be ignorant so you need to stop being ignorant too that that's 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 my whole point take some time learn something else outside of your comfort zone exactly so yeah so that is again like i said on filmdaily.co um not sure they didn't say where this place was because i'm like i kind of want to stay there there. yeah right yeah (laughs) so i was like if it's on the way to where to uh arizona i want to go um but yeah i don't i don't see that anywhere and and it could be england.co implies that it's more than likely you know somewhere in europe or something along those lines so yeah i don't know not not for not for colorado yeah no it is not for colorado sorry uh connor randall it is not for you uh anyways yeah let's go ahead and move on and let's move into our uap sighting of the week all right so we are moving into our unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, sighting of the week we are moving towards using that word as it is tending to become a more appropriate word for what people are seeing so josh what do we got where are you pulling from this week yeah so in honor of your move uh we are pulling from arizona uh right. from new fork oh, no. this is in i'm not really sure sure where this is you you might know santan valley nope but i'm about to look it up is it s-a-n-t-a-n <laughs> Yeah, there's a space in the middle. Uh, yeah. So San Tan Valley. Not to be confused um, so with yeah. Sun Tan Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Hidden Which Valley. Which is probably where, where the company you used to work for was housed. So. Right. Uh, uh, let's see here. It is low. Oh, it's in Phoenix. So, uh, yeah, it's a little suburb. It's actually right over by my brother's house. <laughs> so, uh, in Chandler. Yeah. So, this is right near Chandler. Pause. Very cool. Yeah. So, it's southeast Phoenix. Yeah, so uh, Santan Valley, Arizona. Um, this happened on July fifteenth uh, at uh, about a little after midnight, uh, and it says it happened for several hours. So hmm. makes me wonder if my brother caught anything. I mean, he's usually up pretty late. Be interesting to see uh, multiple crafts moving independently, as well as in formation, visible to the southwest. Similar to several nights prior, multiple craft are visible to the southwest, with two visible a bit to the north. Multicolored lights and very sudden, fast movements visible from five crafts. 
three of the crafts appear to be working together, and at times a light between one another, like, like a line, is visible for a fraction of a second. This was observed by myself and my husband. I am a senior executive for a consulting company, and my husband is a retired nuclear plant manager. I really liked that uh, that idea. What she say of uh, of them working together? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really liked that because that implies more than just like a train or anything like that. It's like they work in tandem. Well, and it and it and it, and it really shows communication between them, right? It's not right. just they're not just flying through the sky, but they're communicating to each other to perform some task. Yeah, and you you do hear that sometimes, that sometimes these uh, UAPs will act almost like uh, geese or or ducks or things like that, where they will, they'll fly in formation and be able to move so sharply and so quickly all at the same time. Yep. Remarkable. Uh, You know, that to me says there's a lot of uh, telepathic communication that can go on because that's so much quicker, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah, radio communication would not, you know, allow for that sort of quick reaction uh, from the crap. Or, I mean, you, you know, you see this a lot of times with uh, with pilots who um, do air shows as they practice right. a lot, right? But that's, I mean, I guess if you fly with someone enough, you start to know what type of maneuvers they're going to do. Um, but that would imply that everything was rehearsed and that this was a show, which yeah. it, it could be, right? It could well, be. And we don't know what their physiology is. I mean, they could have a hive mind like Borg. I mean, yeah. they, they maybe their brains don't have the same reaction time as ours. It may be quicker um, because we don't know how time works for them. So who, who knows? I mean, there's a, a million things that that could be. Well, and the point that I was trying to make is that they, we assume that they're up there doing something for the benefit of themselves. Like they're collecting something, collecting data, going somewhere, whatever. But really, it all could just be a show to make themselves known to whoever is looking. Right. I mean, that fits some of those, you know, UT theories and stuff like that as well, that it's all yep. just a distraction. So, um, possible. <laughs> it's very, very possible. Anything is possible at this point. Yep. I, yeah. There is nothing at this point. I, man, I, I believe that standing behind me is a pink bunny rabbit because anything's possible. So, so I, and this is this is slightly related to this topic. So I'm going to bring it up here. I read a, I read a, a theory the other day that um, prior to the 2016 election, there was a plan for disclosure. And that was going to work with the To The Stars Academy hmm. to, to disclose everything. And they weren't expecting for uh, President Trump to win. I don't and this think is not, Trump this wasn't is, expecting either. Yeah, this is not a political thing. I'm not making yeah. it, I'm just saying they weren't expecting that to happen. And so when that happened, it, it threw off their plan for disclosure. And so that's why everything has kind of been well, off and, and reset. And that's interesting because, you know, Bill Clinton was very, very big about uh, disclosure um, and so for it to have been Hillary would have made perfect sense uh, yeah. because he you know he he's one of those that was like oh I'm gonna let you know I'm gonna let you know look y'all I can't let you know there's some- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna 
did you know? Like, I mean, that's literally what Clinton was like. Um, cause yeah. he did, he went into that office ready to open the book. And, uh, so yeah, it would have been very interesting if they had been working with Bill and Hillary all that time to try to get it going. And yeah, yeah I don't think anyone expected Trump to win and not being political, but in fact, I don't think Trump expected to win. I really, at the end of the day, think that he was just trying to find a way to kind of revitalize his career and it just worked a little better than he thought. So yeah, yeah I mean, but I mean, we, at the end of the day, we got space force out of it. So that's right. I think that would have happened anyways. I don't think that yeah. had anything to do with Trump. And we are, we are getting trickle explosion. I mean, our disclosure, right? right? You yeah. know, so. so it's that Reagan, that trickle down, ex- trickle down uh, a disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> like you lightly peed your pants just, <laughs> just a little bit. Just um, down. But all right, let's get let's get moving so we can get into our interview. So let's get into our last segment here. Creepy, a catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy Ketchup! Creepy Ketchup! Y'all, it's creepy. All right, so Creepy Ketchup, uh, like I said, uh, it's been a couple weeks. Um, I have not had a whole lot besides the weekend that we, uh, the night that we um, had a bonfire and all that stuff, but we shared Mm -hmm. that together. So I'm going to kind of just hand this over to you because aside from that, I mean, I was sleeping sick. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't even look outside. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Um, I am actually going to just kind of cherry pick some things okay. uh, that have happened over the last several weeks, because uh, if I were to try to cover everything in this uh, episode, we ought to just make this a second, our journey episode, right? Yeah, <laughs> like a bonus episode. Yeah. Um, so um, just to kind of cherry pick some things. So going back to the last, I think episode that we released that we recorded, uh, which was the Connor uh, Randall uh, interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, that episode, after we got off the phone with Connor, uh, again uh, felt really kind of I don't know jazzed up after that call after that whole interview. I mean, it was just a really great conversation. The synchronicity with the with the book and everything was just was just oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, just wow. <laughs> so. You know, I, I um, for whatever reason, I just decided to walk outside and, uh, and just look at the look at the night sky. And so I did. And uh, I saw a total of six UAPs. And and I've got I've got, you know, I've got three apps on my phone or I guess four total on my phone to help me try to identify things. I've got this app called Sky Safari, which right, helps you look is- at fantastic yeah not a sponsor great. but if you want to be a sponsor, oh yeah we use you fantastic app but one of the settings that you can turn on which you showed me about is to turn on satellites that are in the area yep so you know that's I, what i'm trying to find are you yeah, a satellite or right. are you a uap so you know look i looked at that and nothing of what i was seeing matched up each one of those times that, that i saw the six none of that matched up with what I, where where satellites were the second thing I looked at is I've got the uh, it's a International Space Station Live app, mm. and so I looked to see okay where is the ISS right because maybe it's that so I looked at that nope not the ISS I got two apps that uh, allow me to look at real time flight data mm-hmm. for airplanes looked at both of those because some one will show like some airplane airplane flights and another will show the same set but sometimes a little bit different set as well and so I looked right. at both of those. None of what I was seeing over the course of 25 minutes or so was any of those things. So I've ruled out satellite 
International Space Station and airplanes. So whatever is left is unexplained, therefore unidentified aerial phenomenon. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, so six. And and what I've not seen um, to this, you know, I was, we were talking about it when we did our bonfire. I, I think I've only had one myself. I've only had one sighting that has made that erratic um, direction change. And that's the one that we saw come up over the tree line, you know, mm-hmm. several months ago that then all of a sudden like got bright and shot up into the sky. Uh, that's the only one that's that, that I could think of. Everything else seems to just kind of be tracking along the line, uh, going wherever it's going, which, you know, like I said, for most people, they would probably rule that out and say airplane or satellite or something. And that's why I have those apps to help exactly. rule those things out. Exactly. So, um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, and then the now, uh, didn't 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 your kids see that too? So they didn't see those. But oh, later on, good lord! I know. That's what I'm telling you. It's been active. Um, but then later on, uh, a couple of weeks after that sighting, uh, this was after I was feeling a lot better with uh, from having COVID stuff, and we were out, and I decided to have a little fire out in the backyard with my kids, let them roast marshmallows and all that kind of stuff, and so. Mm-hmm. It had gotten dark, um, and, uh, you know, I'm instinctually now, when it's dark and I can see stars, I'm just constantly scanning the night sky to see yeah. what I can find. Same. And so um, I see one kind of moving, and I'm like, hey, do y'all see that? And uh, and both my daughters are like, oh, yeah, we see it, we see it. And my wife's like, I don't see anything. I don't see what y'all are looking for. And I just, <laughs> I'm just like, either she doesn't see it, or um, she sees it, or, or she's not able to see it, right? Maybe it's that because she hasn't opened her mind to the possibility of seeing it, it's blind to her, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, those are the course of, like I said, about a couple of weeks. Of course, those six that night with Connor, and then um, that one with my kids. And then I've seen a couple of others uh, out at night as well, um, just kind of, look you know go out on a whim just kind of go outside and look at the night sky and i'll stand out there for five or six minutes and then i'll see something and again i'll check all my apps and see if it's anything anything that that checks those boxes and if it's not i chalk it up as a uap so nice so anything else happened to you so yeah i mean it that's uh you know like i said all the uap stuff and I, i've had some other Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, this one is the other one I'll share. And again, I just, I've had so much, but, um, I had my first night hag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, congratulations. I don't know. Is it? Uh, I mean, I, I think so. It, it feels so the way I kind of look at it is, is like yourself and Brad and I know others have, have sent in their story to night hags. Um, you know, we, we know that, uh, or we, we have from Santosh has told us that a lot of times that night hag experience or sleep paralysis experiences, or I guess what we talked about that one time, the waking sleep paralysis mm-hmm. is a result of uh, incorrect reentry from astral travel. From astral travel, yeah, which I, and, I totally dig that, yeah. So um, the fact that I am just now really still getting into my astral travel journey is the reason why I really hadn't had one of those scenarios yet. And so the fact that I have now 
you know, in the fact that you all have as well, uh, makes me think that I'm, you know, I'm finally progressing in my in my journey to to unlock my uh, psychic abilities or whatever the case sure, would be. Sure, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So, but but these were were, were very uh, unlike anything that you have ever shared or that I've heard, you know, read as stories on the show. They were just very odd in their um, appearance. And so to kind of lay out what happened is, and I still see it just as plain as day, I was uh, kind of shuddered awake, almost like I fell into my bed. That's what it felt like. I fell into my bed and I was shuddered awake and I uh, didn't open my eyes. My eyes were still closed. At one point in time, I even verified in my, like I verified my eyes were still closed. But in my mind's eye, if you will, I could see the layout of my room as it would appear how I was laying in my bed. And there were these two beings there. Uh, one was uh, had no legs, had really long arms that it walked on like legs. And it had almost like a diamond shaped body. Um, and then the other one uh, had. Uh, I mean, mine have definitely had long arms for sure. And then the other one had, um, I'm trying to remember, it was like uh, really, really short legs and really, really long arms, and it looked more like a trapezoid-type body. Hmm. Um, and I was scared because they were like weird, weirdly walking you know, towards me, and I, was, and I was a little scared for half a second. Yeah. And then I heard in my head Santosh saying, um, you should ask them, <laughs> you, should, you should talk to them, they're probably not there to hurt you so i did i said hey why are, why are you all here and uh and the response back was we're always here you're just sometimes here <laughs> and then um and then i asked you know well, well why are you here tonight and and you know one of them said well hey bub we're just trying to get you home safely mm, that's interesting so huh um so yeah so that was my one I guess first night hag experience and like I said unlike anything else that I'd heard from you or others um, well I mean everybody there are common things but there are very different things as well I mean Brad uh, had a number of dreams where I mean there were these cloaked men with long white beards that stood around his bed a number of times Hmm. Um, but he couldn't see their faces he could just see the beards coming out and things like that so yeah I mean everybody has some different things and and it could be how our brain wants to see it I find it funny that you have geometrical shapes and you being more of the logic person that kind of uh, math and things like that that doesn't surprise me um and you're you're mu- you're much more of a uh, of a horror person with an overactive imagination right. and that's why your night hags are very kind of i don't know frightening frightening yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's interesting and the falling thing i mean i think santosh and i both have told you i we both have done that many a times like you just wake up from a fall and it's like you've just hit the bed you can almost yeah. feel it bounce so very very interesting man uh, interesting couple so so yeah the and and the rest of that plethora of stuff will be distributed over the next couple of episodes Good. So. all right well we need to get going anyways to the interview with uh steven and jen so let's go ahead and take a quick ad break and then when we come back we'll be uh having we'll be getting spooky with longhorn paranormal 
Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Hey everyone, Josh here. Do you feel like mainstream options for things such as yoga, meditation, or documentaries and films meant to expand your mind are lacking? Have you heard of Gaia? Gaia is the largest resource of consciousness-expanding videos. Both Stefan and I have watched several of the series, documentaries, and films available on topics such as the secret space program, channeling interdimensional beings, and alien encounters. We're just now exploring the over 8,000 films, shows, and classes available to stream on your favorite devices. To get your 10-day free trial of Gaia, go to fearscapepodcast.com slash Gaia offer. Again, that's fearscapepodcast.com slash G-A-I-A offer. All right, and we are back. Thank you guys for sticking around. We've got two amazing folks from Longhorn Paranormal. We, you know, we just told you guys about this. This is going to be really great. We've got Jen and Steven on the horn with us. Hey guys, how are you doing? Great. What's going on? How are you? Good. Uh, as as you guys can hear out there, that we've got Jen and Stephen, like we said, from Longhorn Paranormal. Um, and boy, oh boy, do you guys have an interesting just set of stuff going on and things that have gone on. And we're going to ask you all the questions. So be ready. Because uh, Josh, he's like a lawyer, man. He's going to grill you. All right. I don't play 20 questions. That has to be 21. 21. 21. Okay. Uh. Well, you know, that's, yeah, that's the legal age anyway. So yeah. we're, we're good. <laughs> so I, I think that, uh, you know, just kind of getting started. Um, one of the things that when I was out kind of looking at, you know, your all's website um, and really looking at, so you've really started doing a season of, of kind of paranormal stuff uh, on YouTube. I saw, I think there's six episodes. Is that correct? Yeah, so we actually just filmed our seventh. It's not up yet, though. Okay, so so not only are you guys paranormal investigators, but you're also um, filming and documenting in that regards to put it out there to the public as opposed to just strictly an investigator. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, well, it's kind. Of, it's actually kind of a twofold thing. So we right. have, we have the entertainment value piece, um, and and that you know, uh, unlike a lot of shows that are out there, we're very very well based i would say well grounded into science and history mm-hmm. we love the history uh which is something a lot of folks don't get into you know have more than half of one of our episodes is going to be about history and science and um and, and then you know also we take that to the other extreme and a lot of people don't know but we we still have the 501c3 half of what we do which is helping private clients who call mm-hmm. us and say hey our home's haunted excellent Excellent. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of long lines with us. We're the opposite. It's like we entertainment kind of obviously comes first um, for us doing this podcast and doing the media network and things like that. But then we also like to occasionally yeah. do investigations and some things like that. It's 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 very, very cool. What you guys do. And, um, you know, that, that whole piece around, you know, helping people who uh, who need it. It's really interesting. So 
you know, let's say that I'm living in a house uh, and, and I think it might be haunted. So I would just go out and, and contact you all like on your website and say, hey, I need some help. And I don't really know where to, I don't really know where to go, right? So I just, I need some help. And then what would happen from there? So actually, it's kind of interesting you say that um, because uh, the, the clients that have reached out to us more and more, it's been through social media. We actually just helped a guy uh, that frantically sent us a, a desperate message about a photo that he had picked up in Phoenix, Arizona while he was in college. And he moved back to Mexico and he couldn't find a paranormal team down there who was willing to help him. And they're very, very grounded in spirituality. And I mean, yeah. it's huge. I mean, I mean, the numbers of people that are into the, the paranormal in Mexico is insane, but yeah. we couldn't find anyone to help him. And he reached out to us through Facebook. But uh, by and large, um, we have uh, on our website, we have a contact us page. And so we have a way for people to directly contact us and, and say, hey, you know, my, my home is haunted. And um, so they just fill out that contact form. It hits our email and we try to get back to those people as a priority. Um, obviously, our TV filming is, is huge to us. Right. Um, but those people are, you know, it's an emergency to them and they need that immediate response. So um, that that's how they contact us. Um, and then, you know, we bring the same gear we film our production with to their home. Um, and, and we may not bring, you know, the full kit and caboodle. We're not filming a TV show. Right, but right. We're going to bring that quality of work with us to a home investigation, which, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hate to say it. We know the groups out there with the neon green websites who show up with cardboard box <laughs> and, you know, yeah. everything tossed in a box. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. All of our stuff's in hard cases. All of our, you know, we've, we've invested a lot. And, and so uh, we bring science, we're going to bring professionalism and it's just, it's, it's a lot different experience than what, what some folks may expect. Yeah. We see we'll that. Bring it. Oh, go ahead, Steven. We will also bring in other people that we have resources with, um, uh, medians and other investigators and specialists that we have contact with that it's like, hey, we need somebody else to check this out or confirm this or yeah. we'll also do other research and homework before yeah, we even walk in the door. And we respect that and the fact you guys take that so seriously. I mean, yes, uh, with the advent of smartphones and YouTube, everybody's a paranormal investigator, right? right. And so um, it, it's it's nice to see, and I don't I don't mean this as um, as an insult, but an old fashioned, you know, style like uh, uh, you know, people well, with actual equipment, with actual yeah. scientific resources, like looking into the history, looking into records, having resources of different people, as opposed to an app that you found on the app store that is <laughs> just made up, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's very fascinating. And it's, and I, I mean, I respect the hell out of you guys for that. Even down to our EMS detectors, we have three different types of or, what we have three different types of EMS detectors now, Stephen. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you know, it's one thing to show up with one K two meter. It's a, it's something else when you show up with five, you know, five yeah. detectors, right? You know, and and you you know, uh, I have a K two meter in one hand and a Cambridge Labs, you know, EMF detector in the other, and I'm cross validating the science that I'm getting on one with the other. <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh it's very uh, like the word I would say is is genuine. Uh, yeah. It's just is very genuine. And I and I really appreciate that because it is like you say there are a lot of um, I, I don't know if I don't know if con people are the right word because they may not be out to con you but I just just amateur amateur people that you know that, are that plan on staying amateur yeah, yeah <laughs> they don't 
Yeah, exactly. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. You know, I I want to make sure we might be able to to connect you all offline. But we did it. We did an interview a few episodes back with a woman named Tori Smith who runs the Paranormal Help Desk uh, Facebook group, and she does something similar. She she actually that's all her all that she does is connect people who need help with paranormal investigators around the globe and so we'll just have to remember to to send you her information her yeah because i mean it's happened with us because we occasionally just being a podcast we get messages or emails and and things like that and you know tori has been a really great resource because she does she she immediately goes into research mode and she has hundreds of teams connected ones that she trusts for sure um, (laughs) all over the country and even the world now um she's Mm -hmm. fantastic and so i i just that i I appreciate people like you and people like her having these resources for people to go to, uh, you know, and, and have someone that's going to respond back soon yeah. as opposed yeah. to a month later. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. an email. So oh, yeah. even, even down, if you go to, I would say eight out of 10, nine out of 10 paranormal websites that we found, there's no phone number to contact them. Yeah. We have a work phone. We have a work phone. And when you go to our website, there is a phone number and that phone is on and with one of us 24 hours a day. Mm. So if you go call, if somebody watching this goes and calls live, well, you know, calls Longhorn Paranormal's phone number right now, we will answer Longhorn Paranormal. That's awesome. You know? That's awesome. Um, yes. Thank you, Chandler. Our phone's now going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pranking the hell out of you guys. <laughs> and then, you know what? I, I turned it off for this interview, so that'd be really funny too. Um, I'm glad this isn't live because yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, um, but uh, you know the other thing too that we do um, if I, and I'm sure you saw on a website we have an education tab right mm-hmm. a lot of these websites don't have that we have paranormal terminology right you know it's one thing to walk into a client's home or, or to be talking about paranormal with someone and start saying astral projection and clairvoyancy and you know um, uh, all these different terms that come out right and um, and, and, and they're like huh you know um, we, 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 we really spent time trying to, and we're still working on and expanding our education tab, where when you go to it, you learn paranormal terminology, you learn yeah. the definitions, you learn types of spirituality, types of hauntings, right? We talk about a residual haunting, we talk about an intelligent haunting, we talk about a poltergeist, you know, we yeah. talk about the demonology, you know, um, so, and that's something else we haven't seen on other websites. So yeah. uh, just as big as it is walking in and, and showing a sense of, you know, uh, professionalism and experience and knowledge. We also want to bring that knowledge to our website to a client too, where, yeah. you know, um, um, you know, if someone calls me and it's not necessarily something we have to investigate, but they want to know more about certain subjects, um, <laughs> we can send them to that part of our website to kind of dig and dabble into it. Well, and I like that because, you know, if I've, if I've got a haunting and, I, and I'm somebody that's not familiar with the paranormal and there's stuff going on, I don't want to go to a website where the whole thing is just a website filled with EVPs and possible pictures of orbs. It's like, I, I don't need you to show me proof. I am already been slapped in the face or been pushed or whatever. I have my own proof. I don't need that. I need to know what the hell I'm getting into, what's happening. And I love that you guys have terminology, that you have things like that to let people even be able to reach out to you with better terminology to say, Hey, I saw this. I think I have an intelligent haunting. You know, I, I love that. And well, that's, also again, respect, you know, people who throw around big <laughs> words or phrases like that and don't give anything to back or to explain what they mean 
are oftentimes overcompensating. They probably themselves don't really understand what they're talking about, but they heard a big word, they throw it out at a client, they're not expecting them to say, oh, you mean this. And so then they get into a conversation. So again, <laughs> you're, the, the word again, you know, so wherever it was genuine, now it's transparent. So you're very transparent as to this is what we're not, you know, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're just trying to help you. So again, I, I you know, I really appreciate that. Yep. Um, yep. I do want to get into Absolutely. the uh, origin stories here. I wanted to ask um, each of you individually how your, you know, how you got into the paranormal. Um, and then of course we'll follow up with how Longhorn got started. Um, and that may be part of the story. I don't know, but yeah. How did each of you, what was your first experiences that made you say, uh, I'm interested in this? So, um, um, when I was uh, about 15, 16, I, I so uh, <laughs> funny story. So all of our team is from Illinois. Uh, we have, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preference this. Um, we have three affiliated partners. Um, one of them is our EVP tech, Frank Colburn. He's from Dallas, Fort Worth. And then we have Abhishek and, um, and Vivek who are both from India and they are part of our music composure team. Um, but um, they're from Dahlia, India. Um, so they, they are, are, are affiliates to our team. Um, but our core team itself, we're all from Illinois. Three of us were from born and raised in Rockford, Illinois, which is hilarious because we're <laughs> generations apart. Um, That's funny. And so um, uh -huh. what's the chances? Um, but um, when I was 16, I was living, um, I grew up in a, a foster home um, and uh, I got adopted at 17. I was living with some foster parents who would end up becoming my parents. Um, and I loved the paranormal stuff. I used to sneak out with my friends. Um, and um, we went to a place called Mantino State Hospital. Uh, I've told this story so many times. People are probably watching this interview going, man, is she going to tell the same story every time? But it starts the same every time. Uh, you know, this isn't like paranormal. The story doesn't, you know, the beginnings don't change, you know, every time. Um, uh, but, you know, <laughs> um, I went to Mantino State Hospital with a friend. Um, and it became one of my favorite places to go investigate. And um, after that, I went back a couple times. I took my now husband. He had an experience, and I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. And then I went back another time with my friend, uh, and his name is Doug Colgrove. And um, we were inside, and he heard something. I saw something. I dropped my camera, and I'm pretty sure to today, um, if, if somebody has not gone in there and, you know, vandals or trespassers haven't gone in there and picked up this camera, um, it's probably still there today. Wow, um, legit. <laughs> um, but I was walking through, and I, I'm holding this camera. I'm walking down a corridor, and I turn and look into this room that has four tubs in it, and it used to be where they did hydrotherapy in this asylum. And I saw something, and I, I really don't divulge more than that into the story. Um, uh, I'll say this, that if Netflix called me tomorrow and said they're willing to offer me a million dollars and a 10-year guaranteed contract show to go back there, I would tell them no. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, um, and, and so I dropped my camera and I bolted out of there. I went home. Now bear in mind, I'm 16. There's no trespassing signs every 10 feet. Mm -hmm. I did the whole thing. So, you know, the most, most 16 year olds aren't gonna go home and say, number one, I snuck out. Number two, I, 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 I trespassed into a, a haunted asylum. And number three, this is what happened. 
No, I did. Um, I was that scared at what I had seen. I wow. told my mom. What happened after that was days of very dark energy inside the home. I brought whatever it was home with yeah. me. Um, and uh, they sent me to stay with my grandmother for a week. They brought in a pastor. Um, the pastor had an experience that scared the crap out of him with light bulbs exploding in the house. Ooh, uh, wow. And um, uh, so it was a very dark thing whatever it was that i brought home whatever attached itself to me uh it was certainly not good um and uh my parents chose not to grind me they felt like having an attachment haunt me for a week was punishment enough um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember reading that in the parenting book <laughs> right? hey, that, that would be me though <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, so that's kind of how I got my start. After that, I had no doubt, and um, I kind of wanted to set out over, you know, my life to try to, um, you know, gain as much understanding and knowledge as I could of the paranormal, and also to maybe one day be able to catch whatever it was I saw on camera, yeah. prove it, you know, um, uh, and. Um, so I've dibbled and dabbled in it for my, you know, for better part of almost two decades now. And um, um, so when COVID popped off in January, um, I went to some of my closest friends, well, my best friend in the whole world and her brother and my husband, who all kind of had a, a card to play uh, in, in, in Longhorn Paranormal. Uh, you have Steven, who's got a background in on-air personalities and, um, you know, production and all that. Kim, who spent her entire professional life in marketing uh, for big Fortune 500 companies. And my brother, or my, my husband, who's got two art degrees. Um, and uh, so I said, you know, I thought, sat and thought to myself, who, who could I create a team with that we could really make some kick uh some awesome content, um, uh, some awesome content during COVID to give these people who are stuck at home something to do. Um, and so I went to Cam and Steven, obviously, because I felt like these folks would bring something to the table that would make us well, well-rounded and really get us out there with the different skills they brought. Yeah. So I'll hand it over to Steven and he can kind of tell you how that played out from his end. And, and I, right. and I yeah. will say this real quick. We have thoroughly enjoyed the content you guys have put yeah. out there. So excited awesome. to see more, but yeah, Steven, I am very interested. You've been sitting back like, I'm ready yep. to tell my shit. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, Jen had known Kim, uh, my sister Kim for a long time. Uh, my dad had passed away. Janet uh, helped my sister come out to Arizona, deal with some family stuff. And Kim was a little overwhelmed, decided, hey, we need to just get out and uh, took her on a day trip up to Jerome, Arizona. And they stopped at a place called the Jerome Grand Hotel, which used to be the uh what is it the verde united verde hospital united verde ah. hospital um and kim walked in and it's like oh we got to spend the night here we got no toothbrush we got no clothes <laughs> nothing it was just a day trip yeah turned out to oh we're staying the night here <laughs> and they didn't have any equipment or anything and we literally went to Walgreens and were like, well, yeah, oh, you still have those, you know, Instamatic cameras? Mm -hmm. Let's take pictures. You know, don't even know where we'll get them developed anymore, but we'll <laughs> yeah. figure that out later. 
uh, and we're like hooked on the fact of the history of the place, the history of the town. And, you know, came back and talked to me about it. And we're like, you know, and we're, you know, obviously at this point, everyone's kind of started, you know, stuck at home, gone through Netflix, gone through Amazon, YouTube, and seen everything. And it's now like, okay, what's new? About, you know, ghost shows and whatnot, and what do we liked and what we didn't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're for most, for the most part, we can do something better. We can do, you know, because we watch these shows and go, nobody talks about the history of these places. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. haunted. But why is it haunted? Uh, right. As, yeah. as someone who's a big history What's, buff, like, yeah. I. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done a lot of episodes where we'll spend an entire episode talking about the history of a place. Yep. And then the next episode is talking is, about is the, the haunt. haunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, so we that's try- one thing. That's one thing a lot of people have uh, really reached out to us and told us. They love the fact, like, when we just filmed Gila County Jail, I'd some people reach out to me and say, I love the first 25 minutes. There's nothing about interv- it's interviews with historians. Yeah. It's, it's the history. It's, it's interviews with volunteers there. We love the fact that y'all get into the stories and the history and mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and uh, so we actually, I'm going to butt in real quick on Steven. Uh, <laughs> we did two parts to that episode. Uh, and uh, the second one was all about a guy named Kingsley Oltz who was shot in his jail cell. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, uh, he was murdered from across an alley in a courthouse. And there was some belief that he may have actually been innocent. There was, it was like for the times, this was a huge story. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, everybody knows that it was one shot from a Winchester at 4.20 in the morning. So we released this episode at 4.20 in the morning on July 3rd at the exact That's moment this guy awesome. died. That's I stayed fantastic. up all night long to release the special about Kingsley Olds on the exact day at the exact time he was killed. I appreciate the hell out of that. It's like we just had... Um, Jeff Mudgett on um, recently, the great great grandson of serial killer H. H. Holmes, and that's we. I mean, I just the history of everything. You know, I, I'm in Chicago six, seven times a year. I've been to that site a hundred times, and it's like I just I got we. It, it almost got to the point where I was like, "This is too much history. We got to talk about Jeff. We got to talk about Jeff." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I appreciate yeah, stuff like that, like you did, <laughs> releasing it at the exact same. That yeah. that's the little stuff that I did big time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, you get a handful of people and, uh, you know, appreciate that. And, and, and nobody else really cares. They're just like, yeah, give me the content. But we have <laughs> folks that reach out to us and, and, you know, they say, you know, we really appreciate the respect for the history. So, but yeah, anyways, back to what, you know, Stephen was talking about. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. So we just talked about it and we're like, yeah, let's do this. I was in between jobs at the time. So I was like, you know what? I, I just lose my mind if i'm not working mm-hmm. yeah, let's do this so we kind of threw our energy and time and what little money we had pretty much now it's a lot of money that we put into this to uh kind of build it up to where it is now and it's Amen. just Amen. kind of grown <laughs> it's just grown amazingly um i see you over there um you know kind of grinning um it, it's to the tune of um we've sold two t-shirts since january we've had zero donations and we've put in fifty thousand dollars i mean we haven't put that much we in put but that much we in, definitely but put we in definitely a feel lot. The, definitely feel the struggle of uh, more put in than, than they've got now we've so. sold a lot more t-shirts than that yeah but we mostly bought them yeah i mean that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Letting you yeah. know, where his we're daughters now. are loaded they with, with t-shirts let me tell you we 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 
as the team had bought more t-shirts than we've sold. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, Stephen, did you have anything else for? Uh, no, but that's about, yeah, that's about it. So then we got, you know, we all got involved and, you know, ever since I've just been trying to put out, you know, better and better, you know, quality shows each and every time. So, you know, we spend a lot of time working on it and editing and yeah, everything else. Well, so. I mean, the, the quality of what you produce is, it definitely shows that you care about what you're doing. You know, any, like we talked about before, just like there are people who could go out to a house with a tape recorder and say, I'm here to do an investigation. There's also people who can uh, half-ass it, <laughs> you know, in, on the on the editing side and the producing side of the house. Well, yeah, we, we come across that a yeah. lot with other – I'll be honest with you. It's like I don't listen to a lot of paranormal podcasts, and I, I host one. And, and it's for that same reason that so much of it is is just simple editing. It's like, you know, I spend – Yeah, hold it. You don't like looking week. at the video like this? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I just do audio, hold but it's like I, I spend get, hours I and hours right. making sure that sound <laughs> levels are good and there's music and, yeah. you know, doing everything but, to make the quality better. And I respect when others do the same thing. And, and so I, yeah. I will say it a hundred times. Well, you know, it's – you guys. It's funny you say that too, because, you know, we've been really, we've had some folks ask us and, uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of these household paranormal shows and God, we are very quickly becoming one of them. Um, but, you know, oh, oh, we've got no big camera crews following us around. Um, we truly are that, you know, there, yeah. there's four of us and, and from the setup to the breakdown to the investigating, and then we get into the review process and people don't realize you know we when it comes to the marketing we do it ourselves when it comes to the meet and greet we do it ourselves when it comes to the investigation setup tear down breakdown the drive to the drive from we don't have a tour bus driver you know um um you know we're doing it ourselves we're fueling our own gas yes yeah. you know we're fueling yeah. our own gas you know? <laughs> uh, out of our own pocket uh, yeah, and then and then we get to this review phase after all the fun part is done. Oh, Stephen and I sit down and we have about two hundred hours worth of footage to go through. Stop reminding me. Within a week. <laughs> so, so we have about a week to to go through about two hundred hours worth of footage, and then after that we have another week to start getting trailers and production and the website updated and by the third week we expect to have that full episode done and now even more so um little surprise uh upcoming uh you guys don't even know about this yet unless you saw our latest video um but um amazon prime just picked this up um Ooh, yeah so, um now even more so we've got to go back to square one and we need to look at the progression of the quality of what we have learned to do in the last year. Yep. And we have to rebuild every single episode to the quality we have today. So the, the season that folks are going to see on Amazon is going to be the same locations, but we are actually going to re-edit, reproduce, and you know, re-render re, re the entire season, every episode. And so the, the episode that you may have seen on YouTube or our website will not be the episode you see on Amazon. It'll be the same location. Yeah. Let but, me say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Man, there is some real grimy stuff on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, oh, because we I watch a lot and, oh, man. We are we are planning on absolutely dominating that market this fall. 
Um, yes, well, you obviously, have some support here from us, for yeah, sure. Appreciate that. Appreciate you know, obviously, that. We're, we're not going to be able to compete with the Zach Baggins and the, you know, JE8s of Amazon. But uh, right. the, 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 you know, I call them the, the B-listers for the paranormal. That's mm -hmm. kind of who we are at this point. Um, and we are going to absolutely dominate the B-listers. Yeah, because no B-list, you get to actually be somebody. I hate Zach Baggins, yeah. man. I have a – he's my arch nemesis, so – <laughs> never met him but. yeah i've never met him but if i do <laughs> yeah but yeah so you know we plan on putting out uh, we, we we've been spending a lot of time over the last week since we found out we got accepted by amazon um going over those shows on amazon kind of getting a feel for what they're doing and yeah and man i agree with you i've seen you know i don't want to badmouth anyone in the community um but <laughs> um the, the their reviews speak for them yes. yeah um and you know i again i don't want i'm not i never want to say anything bad about anyone yeah, um but no, I, I think you know where i'm going um yeah yeah like um, i said we do the same thing when we when we were um putting our podcast together like when josh came on board we kind of reevaluated and we looked at everything and that's one of the things is you listen to other podcasts you see what you like what you don't like what works what doesn't work and you build from there i mean you remix it to make it your own so especially if you're concerned with quality like the four of us seem to yeah. be that's quality is super important yeah and uh, mm -hmm. like i said that's why i think um i'm very excited about your guys' stuff because yeah like we said it's a lot of grime on amazon prime <laughs> yeah, yeah we, well, we and, you could quote me i mean if you look at on, oh go ahead steven yeah we like we focus a lot on you know what you know what our background music what our background sounds are what you know, even us talking, it's like, hey, I can't hear, you know, I can't hear you speak or I ha so can't hear Cam. Can you tweak this up? Or, and so we're raising levels, uh, you know, all the time for different stuff. And then when, with any of the music and stuff that we have that we use, we'll probably listen to a hundred different things before we'll decide, no, <laughs> this is the one. editing. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. I, I, and it's yeah. like... You know, it's like everyone else is like, oh, dear Lord, just just at this point, just pick one, please. For <laughs> but no, no. it's got to be the right I, one. No, no, yep. this is yep. the right I'm one. creative editor, man. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And I'll go back. Yeah. I'll pick the one finally after three hours of trying to decide. And then, like, after I've laid it down, I've listened to the whole thing. I'm like, no, the fourth one was the one I wanted. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing that drives me crazy about Steven is I will render this. I will, I will, I won't, I won't say render, that's not the right word. I will build this 45 minute episode and I, and I will be, you know, showing Steven on the TV, our final rendering before I, you know, I go through it and, and I finalize the, the file and um, he'll be like, Oh, I want to move this two minutes into this 45 minute episode. He'll be like, I want to move this one thing three seconds over. And I'm like, you know, if I move that one thing three seconds over, I now have to rebuild the next 37 minutes of content. Preach it. Preach it. It's like the same yeah. thing. I have, I do a horror podcast too, and my host on there does no creative editing or anything like that. And I finished everything. I got it done. He hit me up. He's like, hey, can we remove this piece? I'm like, it's already laid down. It's already mixed. You know what I'm going to have to do to remove three words that you don't want? 
If you want to take out that five seconds, we're gonna have five seconds of dead air. That's it. Yeah, or I'm gonna I'm gonna add a beep. Yeah. Um, um, um Steven, Steven, if I have to take that five seconds out, we're gonna put in five seconds of me burying you alive. <laughs> How fun. Um, well, let's shift the focus back to some of the paranormal stuff because sure. uh, I really want to dig into that a little bit because I feel yeah. like you guys have had some really cool experiences. And, um, you know, obviously we know we've got the private ones that you guys deal with that, you know, that's private. That's what they're all about. But there's also been some, you know, publicized ones, big ones and stuff like that. What, what are some of your favorite experiences uh, or, or hunts in, in general that you guys have had? Go ahead, Jen. You want to go first? Uh, yeah. So, um, I have a couple. So again, I've been doing this a lot longer than the rest of the team. Um, I would have to say one of my my finest moments. Um, the, the, the amongst uh, my kinfolk, um, there is some lineage to uh, the Caponage. Um, I am from Chicago. Yeah, I was about to um, say. <laughs> And uh, I'm Italian. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I uh, got the opportunity to check out on multiple occasions at night uh, the Joliet prison. Um, Ooh, that's cool. And this was back when they were just, the state was just buying it as a tourism site. So mm -hmm. um, you could kind of get in personal with the prison, but you couldn't go inside yet for safety. They were still working right. on some of the same pieces. And um, yeah, that was a really cool place to be. I never caught anything per se. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was more set up cameras in the parking lot and point them at the building and pray <laughs> something walks in front of a window. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, but um, that that is, uh, that's on my bucket list for the return to um now they do full-fledged tours and i actually know who is in charge of that program and when and if i get back up to chicago i definitely want to do the joliet prison just because there's there's a lot of history there that's, um that's and awesome. uh but in terms of haunts so um definitely at the top of my list mantino state hospital by far uh, i would bet yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the Jerome Grand Hotel. So the Jerome Grand Hotel is like my summer vacation spot. Um, you know, I try to get up there once a month now to get a night at the Jerome Grand Hotel. Wow. Uh, shout out to Sarah Mosier, the manager at Jerome Grand Hotel. She is the most wonderful, sweetest human being you will ever meet on the planet. And um, she's the manager there. And um, um, we, we absolutely love going up there to just get a hotel room for a night. Uh, it's kind of become our, you know, uh, vacation, you know, our home away from home. And um, so I love going there. Uh, something happens every time I'm there. Even if I just bring my phone and, you know, I just do a little voice session with voice memos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I caught a class A EVP doing that with Steven, you know, um, nice. not even filming an episode. We just went and got a room, you know, it was really cool. Uh, but uh, in terms of my favorite, favorite haunt in the whole wide world, and, uh, you know, one that I still haven't gotten to do, and God, I wish I had a lot more donations and a lot more t-shirts sold or a lot more Amazon episodes sold. Um, you know, we've, we've been really limited to kind of sticking back and forth between where we live right now, uh, mm -hmm. just because we, yeah. we have spent so much on the first season. Everybody, oh God, are you ever gonna get out of Arizona and Texas? Well, yeah, we would love to. <laughs> it takes money. Um, right. 
Here's we'll the link to our donation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's the link to our donation and buy a couple t shirts if you don't want to donate. You Feel know, free I, to send credit cards. So I am. Um, <laughs> send I, blank checks. I try, <laughs> I try to stay out of politics because Longhorn Paranormal needs to be separate from my personal opinions. Mm-hmm. But I am a 100% VA service connected disabled veteran. I actually have bilateral hearing loss. Y'all don't know, but I'm legally deaf. So having this interview in person where I can read your lips and communicate with you is really great. Over the phone, I have an interpreter, right? Uh, I'm also fluent in sign language, but, um, um, you know, and and there's some more editing, right? Because um, sometimes I have a bit of a speech impediment. It comes in, it goes, and the more tired I am, the worse it gets. Um, But uh, that gets, a lot of that gets edited out and people don't know that. Um, But, um, um, you know, it, 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 it's very interesting to see that with all the negative that is happening in our communities today, and then you have folks like us who are trying to do something positive, and, and we see so much funding getting dumped into, um, I, and this is about as close as I'll get into politics, but uh, you know there, there are certain organizations that are getting thousands of dollars dumped into them to, yep. to um, do some very bad things, and then you have you know, disabled veterans like myself who are trying to make a difference in the community, do something positive during a trying time. And, and, and we have sold two t-shirts in seven months. It, it can be a little disheartening at times, um, you know, and, and um, so, you know, as much as I would love to get out of Arizona um, and, and soon hopefully that will happen. Um, we've been very restricted based on Steven still having to work a full-time job um, and, and you know, in, in between trying to build this dream, yeah. um, and um, so you know, he he's off. He, he you know he's off one day, or well, he works one day. He's off the next day. He works the next, and then he you know he he's uh, so it's like one day on, one day off, one day on. So it's not like he can drive two or three days. You know, he doesn't have a weekend. Right. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, we we just went through that as well. I mean, we just had our yeah. first trip. We went out to Point Pleasant, but it took almost a year for us to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. We both yeah. work full time jobs, yeah. and yeah. Um, and then it's interesting, you guys, Arizona, because I'm moving to Arizona in October, so we're already going to have to deal with him being in Kentucky and me and being in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> here's a tip: it's hot. Oh, I already well, know. In- I've got family out there. <laughs> I actually, I actually live in Houston, Texas. So what mm-hmm. I do. So when we filmed in uh, Texas at Martha's Chapel Cemetery, Stephen actually took a couple days off of work for us to make that happen. So we had an episode that wasn't in Arizona. Um, (laughs) And um, uh, so what's been happening is I've been driving out to Arizona and staying at Stephen's house. And so during the week I do setting up our interviews, you know, editing production, all that stuff. And then in his days off, you know, we work on stuff together, but by and large, We've really been in a, a, a situation where we've been very restricted. But back to your original comment, the reason why I say all of that, the place I would love to go, Waverly Hills Sanatorium, is number one by far, hands down. Number yeah. two, number two on my list, <laughs> Idaho State Penitentiary. I absolutely and utterly want to film an episode there. And when I say I want to film an episode there, I want to lock my husband in there. My husband is a corrections officer. <laughs> You're my friend heard, too, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I heard just how much they love corrections officers there. Yes. Um, and, and I would love to, to lock my husband up there for a night. That'd be kind of cool. That's funny. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I live literally 
gosh, a quarter of a mile from Waverly. Yeah. And in the winter, I can see it, you know, when the yeah. trees aren't so covering. And we go up there quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. If you get in, you let Josh know. I'll be gone, but you let Josh know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I know that they allow teams to rent out the space. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's finally getting the income to get on the road, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. We have a couple big things that we're really trying to work towards. One is getting a trailer. Um, uh, we would love to have an enclosed trailer to build our nursing oh, yeah. into. Um, you know, right now we've got 30 something cases a year that we're loading up in the back of cars. <laughs> you know, um, you're like sticks, it's, the band. It, yeah. <laughs> I, um, so I, yes, I, yes, yeah. very much so. The one car is all drum stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, yes. I want. I watch a lot of, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big gearhead as well, so I watch a lot of like car stuff on YouTube. And uh, one thing that I've seen a trend of is people buying uh, old short buses. Yeah. And converting yeah. them into like, you know, campers and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like they, you can get yeah. pretty cheap and they, they're pretty reliable. Yeah, we're so. in Kentucky. Trust me, every junkyard has six of them. Yeah. And so, I mean, well, I, I know so many I have short buses. <laughs> I have a big full-size truck. I would be perfectly content with an enclosed trailer. <laughs> but, you know, I don't need a big bus or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it would certainly make hitting the road easier, too. Yeah. You know, to be able to have all our gear secure in a trailer and yeah. to be able to legitimately get a hotel room. And, you know, um, you know, because right now, like, when we travel to go film somewhere, we're restricted to sleeping in the car because yeah. we can't leave that much gear intact. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to load yeah. it all in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick, getting back to the kind of a paranormal experience thing. I, when yeah. I, I can't remember because I watched pretty much your entire channel, but I, but I can't, so I can't remember what episode it was on or where it talked about it. Yeah. But you were in like a, like a jail or something and you all caught a full bodied apparition. Yes. 1910 Gila County Jail. So you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, I had walked out, so in between the courthouse and the jail, there's a, on the third floor, there's a catwalk. And we had um, set up our nerve center in the alley, um, almost directly below that. And so I, let me let me kind of set the stage a little bit for this one. So we had Tom Foster, who is a local historian, and he's also a director for uh, museums, the Hilla County Jail, all kinds of different stuff. So this guy, in terms of credibility, he's he's validated, right? This guy has no interest, no bias in um, whether or not our, our stuff's legit. I mean, uh, but uh, Tom... Tom was sitting in our nerve center. Then we have Kelly, who's a volunteer at the jail. And she was there and her husband. And so um, we had locked Kelly into solitary confinement, or no, into a a jail cell, sorry, into a jail cell. And we had locked Kim into solitary confinement. And um, so Stephen and I had gone up to the third floor um, and out onto the catwalk. So I initially walked out onto this catwalk and Steven stayed inside. And as I walked out, um, you can see the light and fraction change. And then you can see the, you know, the night vision pick up my black shirt, it goes white, like it's supposed to. And then, and then you see seconds later, Steven come walking out with the night vision light on and everything turns green. So you know it's not Steven's lighting that's causing this. Yeah. And at the same exact time, 
Steven's EMF detector is freaking out. And, um, and uh, I say, oh, did you feel that? And I felt something brush right by me. And we didn't know about it in the t at the time, at the end of the night, uh, later that evening, when we finally made it back downstairs and outside, and Tom said, I've got something you need to see on your DVR. He said, I wrote down the time. And so we went and pulled it up right there in the moment, and we watched it, we reviewed it, it was in alignment with everything we had done. So some of the hot, we didn't get into the history of people jumping off that catwalk, um, but people had uh, two, two individuals specifically committed suicide off that catwalk um, in correlation to their convictions. And um, so you actually see what looks like an apparition jumping off of the catwalk, and I about lost it. I'm like, <laughs> this is so freaking, I mean, this yeah. is an incredible yeah. Yeah. footage because you know, it, it's one thing to get it. It's another thing when we have a historian who is sitting right there who watched it. And I say, so Tom, you can say without a shadow of a doubt, we did not engineer this. And he says, no, no, I was sitting right here. I, this is very real. Well, and how, and how gratifying for you, you know, you saying from when you were 16 saying, I one day want to catch this on yes. camera and boom. Yes. Bucket yes. list, yeah. Dunzo. <laughs> yes. yes, and that is definitely the closest I've ever come. Now that is not what I've been hoping to catch, right? But right. that is the closest I have come to the goal. Well, I was kind of that episode. I was kind of hoping we got the audio of Kingsley saying, "Here's who shot me." <laughs> yeah. Didn't still trying, happen, you're still trying we, to find we, those treasure chests. I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a murder is still a murder, you know, even yep. though everyone involved is long dead, but, you know, hey. Yeah. You know, that would be an ultimate PR moment, you know, Longhorn Paranormal solves a 110-year-old cold case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not a psychic punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Stephen, what about you? What, um, do you have a favorite particular experience or hunt that you were on or something? Probably, probably the scary, uh, scariest hunt. Uh, well, before this, I uh, I used to work at Chicago Tribune. Um, and I worked nights for a number of years. And working nights, believe it or not, that is one building in Chicago they try not to talk about that is haunted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's old, old, old. <laughs> it is very old, and I've had lots of experiences there with lots of weird stuff. But uh, at least show-wise, my favorite is or probably the scariest for me has been when we were at Casa Grande Mountains. And filming there, and it's not really, it's not what I would call ghost apparition, stuff like that. They mm -hmm. have what they, you know, what people refer to as like the black mist. Right. And pretty yeah. much you go down there with a flashlight and, you know, you point it to the left of the side of the road, you know, the light casts about 150 feet. Go to the right, cast about 150 feet. Now, looking straight down this road, you cast the light, and it's going about 10 feet, and it stops. And then with our DVR camera set up, you could see my light as I did this. You see it going 10 feet, and then you see this black line coming back to my flashlight. Mm. And it was like the trippiest thing, and it had like this halo to where you could see the light was trying to cast through it, but it was getting like almost sucked out. True, and that's where we had a whole you know, we had a whole uh, camera system go dead. Had to wait to reset it and get the footage off of it. 
that it had caught a black mist that came and literally killed the camera. And that was probably the only night Jen, you know, we got to a point and Jen's like, oh, we're done. Wrap it up. Let's, <laughs> let's clear up. We're out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, what's, what's worse being, I guess being in a, in a haunted building or being out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> at, at night. It's, we call that a lose-lose situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, neither is good. Yep. That's why I hate doing, like, uh, haunted houses and stuff around Halloween. Like the, the you know, the, the theme type ones um i i really get nervous about the ones that are outdoors and there's a lot of them in kentucky because there's a lot of woods i'm like anybody could walk into this place so that's what i'm saying there's no fence here (laughs) so i mean when you're outdoors right it could come from anywhere right when you're in a building at least you're kind of limited as to maybe where they 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 respect doors and windows right i mean it's (laughs) yeah Arizona and then Arizona, you have a couple of other little issues you got to watch out for because you'll you'll see it on like a lot of our episodes. We'll walk around with uh, black lights because you've got scorpions. You know, uh, one of our setups, they, they we light had scorpion. up. Yeah. yeah, they'll light up. You know, when you hit them with the black light, and it's wild. It's like, well, oh, here's two of them right underneath their tripod. Let's be careful moving yeah. this. That's what, whenever I go to visit my brother, like my nephews would always, we'd always go scorpion hunting at night and they got the little black light flashlights. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, when we filmed at Martha's Chapel uh, this past week, we actually had uh, law enforcement out there too with us. Um, and that was by and large for, you know, it was twofold thing, one to keep out the trespassers, and, but uh, even more so um, out there, there's wild hogs. And yeah. in Texas, in East Texas, where I live, you know, there's the old joke of, you know, you, you need to get rid of body, just throw it in the woods and the hogs will take care of it. Uh, that's, I mean, the, the hogs out there are dangerous. Yeah, one of my friends lives in downtown Phoenix and um, she was just telling me that a hog was running down Roosevelt. <laughs> like, it's right down the middle of the street. And they were like, you're not supposed to be in downtown. Like, <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, we have those worries too with hogs. And so, you know, the, we, we, we have other precautions that we have to take when we're out filming and, uh, you know. Um, yeah, depending on the location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I've had law enforcement, hey, make sure you're packing because, um, yep. you know, sometimes we'll get drug runner here yeah. and yep. we're like, whoa, wait a minute, what? If you, <laughs> if you look at our Domes episode, Stephen and I actually were both carrying a handgun and that because tells um, actually uh, will move through the area where yeah. the Domes are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and people have been killed around there by the cartels, and and uh, you know certainly that 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 poses a large risk to our safety. Oh for yeah, sure. Yeah. You know the most I got to worry about around here is snakes, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, outside of Louisville, let me tell you, it's a whole different. <laughs> you get into <laughs> some of the rural areas of Kentucky and Harlan and stuff like that. Yeah, you better. It may be Sasquatch coming to get you, but it might also be Jethro. So, <laughs> hey, you look pretty. Yeah, it may be both. He may also be a Sasquatch, but uh, no, of course, I have to ask. Arizona, of course, is a hot spot for UFOs and alien activity and stuff like that. Um, first of all, how do you guys feel about that stuff? And then, B, have you accidentally come across any of that stuff in your time, like researching and hunting and stuff? Well, I've uh, only got uh, two things left on my. Uh, bingo card right now it's the uh aliens uh alien invasion and the uh, zombie apocalypse so 
<laughs> trying not to get those checked off. <laughs> what if they were alien zombies? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. Great. <laughs> Got to check them both off. <laughs> Bingo. So, Go ahead, you know, when I was a kid, I uh, I really, 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 really wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, um, somebody famous, like maybe a country music star, you know, mm. something. And, and then I got abducted by aliens, and they, they turned turn me into a paranormal investigator. <laughs> well, it still makes a good country song. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. yeah right? <laughs> um, no, you know. Instead of getting your I truck think, back, you get your alien spaceship back. You know, um, being a veteran, um, and I thought, here I am, as a veteran, um, uh, it's, a, it's a joke. Any veteran listening to this will laugh at that right there. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I see these things coming from the Pentagon and they're creating like the UFO task force now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're actually starting to validate things that Air Force pilots have said over the years. I honestly don't know. I mean, I mean, do I think there's some legitimacy to, you know, am I completely asinine to say that, you know, with all the universes, all the planets, if there's not life out there somewhere, there's a good possibility. But the reality of it is, is that we've seen so many sketchy photos, so many sketchy videos, you know, backyard shot with, right. you know, my, my, my little cool pics camera kind of stuff. And no one with high tech cameras and equipment has ever been able to do any form of validating on any degree. Yeah. You know, all the people who've snuck into Area 51 who have got, you know, with their, you know, five mile camera, you know, telescoping lenses you know these guys that bring those giant ridiculously overpriced stuff to get that zoomed in view have ever caught a ufo sitting in the you know the one-way strip of area 51 and so it's just it's really hard to say i mean i i think i'm kind of in like the 70 30 boat you know yeah there's a 30 percent chance real but 70 percent i think a lot of it's in people's heads um, but I also don't want to discredit always, it. We always ask our parent, <clears throat> our ghost hunting people about it, and we ask our UFO people about paranormal, like haunts yeah. and stuff. And it's really interesting where people sit. You're either kind of everything or very kind of focused on one. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. And, and, and then there's that whole idea that they're, because of CGI and stuff like that, there could be legit HD evidence out there, but no one's ever going to believe it because they'll just right. say that it was CGI. Yeah. And I think some of that's creeping into the ghost hunter world as well, which is sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. that yeah. nothing, it doesn't matter what you catch anymore, especially when finding out things like ghost hunters or, or uh, ghost adventures or things like that have been faking stuff. Nobody trusts anything. So yep. it's sad. And that's why... That's why we're really transparent with our viewers. You know, when mm -hmm. we first started this uh, entertainment side of what we did, we did a two hour live stream where we laid out on a table in this live stream, all of our equipment and yeah. we went through it piece by piece. And we said, hey, this is a, you know, a thermometer by it, 39, you know, 34.99 at Harbor Freight, go get one. Let yeah. us not make it as, you know, we, but we really, we, we have found ways to try to be transparent with our viewers, but I certainly have a respect for the UFO community mm -hmm. as a whole. I mean, they're, you know, the true analysts, the true scientists, the true, you know, um, historians and investigators, the guy, your, your, um, you know, your, your old time guys that have spent their entire life dedicated to, you know, 
the I know there's like some Las Vegas para you know UFO get together that happens every uh, yeah it does yeah yes uh, you know the and the guys that you know get up and speak at those things that have done this for 30 years and they're really ingrained in the science and the yeah. history and the, the the stuff that matters I have a mad respect for those people because I mean there's a sense of diligence to your cause that you spend your entire life focusing on that with no guarantee of anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting with us because we cover everything in the paranormal spectrum is we've had to kind of look at things through all sets of eyes. And then of course, through the things we've reading like John Keel's books, Operation Trojan Horse, Mothman Prophecies, uh, uh, what's the uh, Eighth Tower. Eighth Tower, yeah. He really talks a lot about the correlation between all of these paranormal mm -hmm. events. And you do, you look at like a number of hauntings you'll find that there was also a UFO flap happening at the same time in the same area. There was also and then, a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah, Bigfoot sighting. They tend to happen without, rec especially back in the day before there was like Google and, you know, everything was so easily accessible. There was these things that were happening around the same time. And we just covered recently the Enfield haunting. And we decided, hey, let's check out the Enfield haunting and see if there was a UFO flap happening in England at the same time. And lo and behold, the exact same month that it started and stuff like that started this huge UFO flap that was happening in England. And it's just, it's so interesting to maybe wonder at the end of the day, if, if all of this is different than we've ever realized, which is what, again, what John Keel talks yeah. a lot about this idea of ultra terrestrials or this idea that it's all related are all related somehow, some way. Um, it's just a, so fascinating. And that's why I love that we've got people like you that can do a lot of the work for us. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I look at it as number wise. Yeah. Too many, too many galaxies, too many planets mm -hmm. by and large. Yeah. There's gotta be another life form out there. Uh, I'm, but I'm thinking they're coming by our, our planet looking at us like two drunks that got in a car accident or in a fist fight and they're like keep on driving keep on driving do not stop the car right well and then of course you got your theories they're not even from outer space or from other dimensions or from under the earth you know i mean like who knows there's yeah. just so yeah. much possibility who knows but yeah, is it a time travel device or time travel, time travel. Yeah, yeah you're hearing that too yeah, but it's like man like it's like, yeah, I'm with you. They're looking at it, especially right now. They're like, uh, just it, we joked that there was yeah. a cartoon and it had two aliens in a flying saucer flying by Earth, and they were like, they just locked the doors real quick, and they're like, drive by, drive by. <laughs> so um, I think you know. <clears throat> once again, I'd like to thank you all for for coming on doing the interview. I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that you want to plug? You know, social media, whatever the case may be. Where, where where can people find more information about you? Uh, you know, so uh, I, I'm I'm like the old guitar, you know, uh, guitar hero game where you know I was loading and says turn it up to eleven. <laughs> so uh, here I go. Uh, we are. Uh, you can find us on MeWe, Elo, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, Instagram TV, YouTube, soon to be YouTube TV, soon to be Amazon Prime this fall, Longhorn Paranormal, Teespring, Bonfire. Uh, have I exhausted the list? Um, <laughs> Never. I think that's about it for now. Yeah. Um, we are everywhere. Um, We're not and, on TikTok uh, yet. Give us time. Yeah, we I got mean, on there, but we haven't done anything yeah. yet. <laughs> if you share our content, we are going to thank you personally. We are going to put your name in the thank you. 
If you follow us, we are going to like it. And uh, if you buy a t-shirt, I may just hug you because we are broke, starving artists. And we don't, you know, it's not like we're performing in front of you and consider our guitar case on the floor and, you know, right, and right. hope you throw in your dollar bills. So any donations to our donate page or um, LPT store, both of which are on our website, we mm -hmm. um, certainly do appreciate that. And everything goes back to the organization. We're not really drawing really a paycheck at this point yet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so that's really huge. Um, the other awesome thing that we've got coming up, we have our first sponsor, but we haven't told anyone yet. Um, up until now, we've been sponsorless, but um, Kim and Ryan don't know yet. So we can't, Steven and I have been kind of keeping it hush hush. Um, <laughs> Stay but, tuned uh, to next, uh, no, not next episode. Yeah. Episode How eight. Episode, yeah, episode eight, you guys will know who the sponsor is. And uh, it, it's definitely going to change some things. And we're Very stupid cool. excited. And I'm supposed to be kick, picking Kim up at the airport the first week of September. Uh, and I cannot wait to pick her up because I think her jaw is going to hit the pavement when I do. Um, um, if that gives you any idea where we're going with this. Um, yeah. So, um but yeah, that's exciting. So, I mean, we know what yeah. we, you know, yeah. looking for sponsors when you get one. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, we, <laughs> yes, we had a we had so, a spot we had a sponsor for the podcast, uh, and after we we played like I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> 200 downloads they they decided to cancel the sponsorship i guess i guess they thought it was we we're gonna be cheaper i don't know but it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh you know unfortunately the sponsor is not going to be paying us money um but they are going to be investing a lot of money into us yes uh, in, in terms of marketing mm -hmm. marketing give me yeah. marketing so, pizza and cupcakes i'm good yeah. Yeah. uh and, yeah. and, and and you know in, in the marketing in turn you know, it pays for itself. So oh, yeah. to, to get this person is investing in us in marketing and we can't wait to make it. We're actually going to go. Um, so once we make the announcement of who it is and what it is, we're actually going to go film a commercial at their location uh, as a thank you. We promised we'd bring out all our gear, set up like a little nerve center, do a prompt to investigation at their business after hours. And they're going to be able to use it as a, you know, a commercial in conjunction with Longhorn Paranormal. <laughs> That's um, awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, yes, and of course we'll be, we're we'll gonna be, film them a commercial. That's cool. Yeah, and of course yeah. we said we'll be sharing the hell out of this. You know, we'll yeah. we'll be premiering this in October while I'm heading to Phoenix. Um, but yeah, we we'll be all about sharing anything that you guys need. We yeah. we we are share friendly. It's so. a it's a community. We all need to support each other. So yep, and we will. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Look you guys up as best as we can. I usually try to put together yeah. a little preview video that we can even tease ahead of time and some things like that. So we and and feel free to share all our content. All our yeah, links are sure. on our website, on our homepage. We have the little icons for Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Yelp. Mm -hmm. They're all up there. Uh, we, you know, our website uh, has our gear stores and our donate pages and our membership page, um, which we're offering through the end of the year at a discount. We gave them away for seven months for absolutely free during the height of COVID. Um, people had access to all our exclusive stuff and our member discounts and all that stuff. It was absolutely free. Now we've reinstituted a charge. It's normally twenty dollars. It's a lifetime membership too. Twenty bucks to get you lifetime membership to anything we do with our membership page. That's ever. awesome. Um, but uh, through the end of the year, we're offering it for ten bucks. So that's great. Um, yeah. So you know, anything you guys want to share or plug for us on any of your pages, or feel free. We definitely could use the support and the exposure. I it. mean, 
you know, we, we have uh, almost 25,000 viewers across platforms uh, and over 3 million views every 90 days. Um, but it's certainly, you know, I've, I, I've posted our, our gear store to people and they go, well, we didn't even know you had a merch store. Right. Well, how many times you've been to the website? Well, never. I just follow you on Facebook. Right. So <laughs> we, um, yeah, we understand that for sure. And I definitely yeah, yeah. am going to pass your guys's info to our friend Tori at the paranormal help desk so that if she gets yeah. um, something within your guys's area. So we're looking at Arizona and things like that. Arizona and Texas. And Texas they, that, you know, she can reach out to you guys. Um, Cause you know, we like to send her people we can trust. So, and you guys yeah. fit that bill. Yeah to a T. So <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. But yeah, thank you guys so so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Just it's just so much fun talking to you guys and um yeah, if you guys are still around, I would love to hang out, get some coffee or something when I move out there. Um and shit. Yeah. So uh but yeah, you guys I cannot wait to see what you guys have in the future. So yeah. I'm so excited to have gotten a chance to to get to know you guys a little bit. And it, it makes it even cooler when I get to see the cool stuff, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we definitely have some cool places lined up. Um, our, our final three episodes of this season are gonna be powerhouse locations. Yes. Let's just leave it at that. Very, so. very cool. Spectacular. Awesome. Yep. Well, again, thank you guys so much, Steven. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to go. You guys are like that new girlfriend that I've just gotten. I'm like, you hang up first. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoy. Well, Jen, I love fine. your energy, man. You're like me. It's like bam, bam. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much to Jen and Steven. You guys, you need to check out longhornparanormal.com uh, and pay attention. Uh, we'll be sharing uh, as soon as their stuff is ready to go, though they already have a good amount of stuff on their website and their YouTube page. Yep. So make sure to check out Longhorn Paranormal. Uh, we got a feeling uh, we're gonna be seeing a lot of these guys. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the, the professionalism, you know, that, that goes into their stuff. I mean, I just, I, I mean, <clears throat> Jen has her shit together. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. No yep. offense to Steven, but it's like, man, Jen just, <clears throat> I mean, she is a powerhouse and that's exactly who you want running things back there like that. It's yeah, like, yep. you know, just a go getter. And, uh, you know, if she well, wanted to manage us, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and no offense to any other, um, you know, any other paranormal uh, outfits out there, but I mean, it, it, there's some cues to be taken uh, from Jen and, the, and this team and the and the amount of professionalism and, and their approach to investigations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love her work with veterans and uh, her being a veteran herself, the yep. education stuff that they do and, and how they keep private stuff private. I just absolutely love it. Right. Uh, again, longhornparanormal.com, especially if you're out in the Southwest, uh, you know, and you've got something going on in the Phoenix area, Dallas, or anywhere around that area, hit them up uh, or hit us up and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll connect you. Yeah. Yep. And Tori, if you're listening, you need to hook up with these guys if you're not already hooked up. So, um, but yeah, so that was a, whew, that was a doozy. I mean, she's got the energy like I do. So I really like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really like that. Um, but let's go ahead and get to our listener story so we can get out of here. Um, this week it comes from a friend of mine. I don't know if you remember her or not, but, um, Mel Vote, she used to be Mel Herchin back in the day. Um, a friend of, uh, the, 
the theologians and mine, and she actually sent in a plethora of stories, which kind of surprised me. Um, there was quite a bit. And so, but I've just got one that I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to portray it tonight. Yeah. You get to hear my pretty voice. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is her one story. And then, like I said, we'll be revisiting her again. I think she's got, she sent me two or three or four stories. So, uh, but yeah, this is Mel, she's from Kentucky. So, uh, we got a good Kentucky story. So I started listening to the podcast and hearing all the listener stories, and I saw the post encouraging us to share our stories, and, well, it got me thinking about any experiences that I might have had. I'm not sure that I've really had much personal experience, but I'm very open to possibilities of things and hearing others' experiences, though I do vividly recall one experience I had at a very young age. It was in a condo my parents used to live in. I think I was probably about four. There was a hallway, and my bedroom was the first off the hallway, and my parents' bedroom was at the end of the hallway. It was nighttime, and I was lying in bed. My parents were in bed. It was dark. I probably had a nightlight, but otherwise, it was dark. I remember lying there, not yet asleep. I had my eyes open. From where I lay, I could see straight into the hallway. And I remember seeing a couple standing in the hallway. They appeared to be a bride and groom. I distinctly remember them appearing to have a white glow about them. They gently floated into my room to the foot of my bed, and I I recall the bride coming to the side of my bed and leaning over to look at me with a smile on her face. I don't remember what happened after that. If they just disappeared or if they floated back the same way they came in. I'm thinking they floated back, but I can't say with certainty. Also, I'm not sure it would be a supernatural experience, but I also remember while living there, you know, we lived there, I think, until I was in kindergarten. When I was there, I had very vivid sensations of flying and floating while in sleep or half asleep. I remember often waking up after the sensation of falling. From what little I've heard or read about, such things is not uncommon, at least I don't think. Curious if anyone else remembers experiencing something similar. I have no memory of any such experience after kindergarten except maybe a few times, and then it was more so just the feeling of falling without the flying floating feeling. I've been trying to think about any other experiences I may have had, and so far coming up pretty blank, but I know I'm missing or forgetting something. I have family and friends that have had experiences, and I have been places where I've had the sensation of being watched and not alone, but I can't think of a time otherwise that I've seen or heard anything. Well, I take that back. The restroom at the past job I worked at in downtown Louisville, I would often be in a stall and hear someone else in there, but then when I would come out, there'd be no one there. Sometimes working late, I would hear things like someone else was around, but I would walk around and I was the only person on the floor. Well, so very interesting that she also had the falling sensation. So if you just heard our creepy catch up before the interview, you know, you'll hear that it's possible from astral travel. So you may be astral traveling. And again, like most of the people that send us stories, they're like, I don't really have a whole lot. Uh, you know, I don't really have any yeah. experiences. And then they have these like wild experiences that I'm like, uh, that's, that's exceptional that, you know, and then right. she sends me like three more stories cause she remembered more. So. 
So yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, I was thinking about something the other day. I think as we as we start to age, uh, we put too much of our mind into what's happening, right? We try to figure out what's happening. And so, you know, she talked about when she was younger, she had that experience of of flight, uh, flight and floating and stuff like that. And then as she got older, she only remembered the falling part. Right. And it's probably because we're still we're trying to analyze things as they're happening as we start to our brain starts to develop. And so you you miss out on just the kind of reactionary. I'm having this experience versus I'm having this experience. Now let me try to figure out why I'm having this. Experience. Well, and because of horror films and paranormal um, shows and stories and stuff like that, that we think that for it to be a good story, you have to have been held down and slapped and, and carried to another dimension and, you know, seeing the ghost of Elvis playing, you know what I mean? It's like, right. We, we have these high expectations for what our story should be. So we think our stories don't matter. And I know that's why we don't, get a lot of stories from people that I thought we would because I think they they think their story isn't good enough um, but they are I mean you know here's this story that she didn't think was worth a damn about a couple uh, a bride and groom floating towards her bed and leaning over and smiling that's creepy and cool I mean it's like my right. experience when I was a kid seeing the ghost that uh, turned out to be my aunt Kathy like smiling at me that was a huge big deal right. to me and it was a very similar story in a lot of ways so um so if you're out there guys send us those stories even if they're just a couple sentences you know they, they're bigger than you think um you know we want those even the ones that people have had similar stories to because we want people to know yeah. that other people are out there having these experiences whether they're horror movie experiences or whether they're you know just lifetime movie experiences whatever <laughs> right like i don't care like they're all important to us and you can send all those to fearscape podcast at gmail.com or fearscape pod hit us up on twitter or instagram or any of that pm us let us know those stories because we want to keep sharing them and again mel thank you for being brave and sharing those and we're going to be sharing yours over the next couple weeks so um um, I really, really thank you for uh, sharing that with us. But it is time to go, Josh. We got to get out of here. Got to go. We got to go. We got to get our costumes on and yep. all that stuff. Not a mask, it, though. It's Halloween month. It's Halloween Not- month. No, we need masks. It's <laughs> We need well. Mask for your yeah, but not like not mask mask because <laughs> right you're not allowed you're not allowed to wear at least not in Kentucky I don't know what it is in Arizona yeah I don't know but. either um, but yeah anyways thank you guys so much for tuning into Fearscape Paranormal podcast make sure to check out all of our other wonderful podcasts in which we have a ton of new shows getting ready to come out over the next month or two um, FearscapeMedia.com uh, you know like our new page Fearscape Media Network um, and get on there and all that jazz and make sure to like share and review Josh is just asking for that for Christmas so yeah um, review those podcasts remember we'll hook you up with some stickers if you give us a good one. so <laughs> and on that I guess we're going to get out of here so thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, my name is Stefan and I will catch you on the flip side this has been Josh the truth is out there and remember folks the veil is thin right now So grab those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. 
I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fear Escape. Ha, 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 ha.